Fantasy Football Gems. That's right, you heard that music. That means you're ready to listen to some late round flyers. Fantasy Football Geniuses, the world's greatest advice that you will ever hear, besides obviously some other advice that you got from the past from your friends. But for fantasy football reasons, this is where you come to, and this is what we're going to give you guys some more things that will help you win your league, especially now that we're in the midst of things, right in the middle of this great season or maybe not so great, depending on how many players you've lost to COVID or whatever. But let's just get a quick recap, because obviously you came here to listen to us, talk some fantasy football. But I just want to get a quick recap. Boys, how was you guys week six? Because, I mean, some people had some good luck there, and then some people were affected by those bye weeks being forced in different ways. So, fellas, how was y'all's week six? What's up, everyone? So, yeah, week uh, six was actually pretty good for me. I went 21 and 14. Uh, that Kenyon Drake uh, touchdown Monday night kind of helped uh, a couple of uh, matchups that swung my way. But I tell you, the most impressive thing, at least for me so far, again, as everyone knows, this is the most leagues that I've, I've done. Out of my 35 teams, I looked at the numbers, man. I've only got six teams that are losers right now. Um, so it's off to a good start. It's still early. I've had a few, uh, you know, few injuries, you know, that have, have hurt. But then on the flip side, some teams that have been really lucky with the injuries. So it's been pretty good, man. How about you, Henry? How'd you do? I, one thing I want to say, man, Lance, that's impressive. Every time you tell me that, I mean, six teams out of 34 teams are uh, below uh, with a losing record. Wow, that's, that's unbelievable, man. Great job. I will tell you, uh, I think I, the only thing that was maybe worse than my week was, uh, or maybe uh, the person that had a more worse week than me is Ryan Fitzpatrick because uh, I, I had a terrible week. I lost every single one of my fantasy matchups. And, uh, but, I mean, I guess it couldn't be any worse than what uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick had to face this week. Well, didn't, uh, didn't that, that bug bit you that I think it's happened to all of us where I know in our one league you went, went up against the full that just traded me Calvin Ridley, by the way, and he beat you, but you had the second most points uh, in the league, right? Yeah, I would have beat every other team in our league had I played anybody oh, else. So, oh. That's like the worst. And I had Justin Jefferson who who went off. And so it was just it was it was a bad week, you know. And, and you did not but, overpay for, by the way. We'll see. That's still to be decided. But <laughs> the worst part of this though is and this is what I know every other fantasy owner has to go through this at one point or another, but when it leads all the way into Monday and you gotta wait until that almost final game to see that you lose, and then I only lose by three points, it was just it was a bad night. The worst hate those games so much. I've had that happen to me a few times. It honestly just hurts my soul every single time. But uh, real quick, I mean, you touched on it a little bit. One of the things that did really hurt my soul was having to listen to Ryan Fitz magic. I mean, this guy has been a, obviously a journeyman throughout the NFL, been from many teams, has had, has had plenty of winning games as well for all these different organizations he's been with. But now with the Miami Dolphins, he's on the two-game win streak. I mean, heading into the bye week. Everybody told him all the players have bought into Ryan Fitzpatrick. And now, you know what? Brian Flores and company over there with the Dolphins announced that Tua T is back in action. He'll have his first start next week against the Los Angeles Rams. But, I mean, dang, this has to really suck for morale around there. However, what do you think having Tua T in there is going to do? Because, obviously, yes, there's no there's no more Ryan Fitzpatrick veteran-wise, but maybe not with Tua T. Given the start, maybe that means that he's healthy. He could extend some plays with his legs. Who who does this affect, you know, receiver-wise? Because I'm guessing some of these guys are about to get a boost, and now some of these guys you have to be on the lookout for. 
and possibly own on your football team. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'll jump out there on this one, Lance. But the first thing I think of is I'm a little shocked at first. I mean, it was like, uh, they're already on a, you know, like you said, a two-game win streak. They're one game out of first. Two is playing great. I think he was, I mean, he's been a solid tw- top 12 quarterback all season. And I know some people had him. I think, you know, Lance, we had, we had a buddy that's really using him in one of his leagues and, and is probably searching for a quarterback right now. But I think all along, honestly, this was the plan. I really think the plan was the bye week. And it ended up being a little sooner than expected. But I think that they're just going with their plan. And Brian Flores is a type of guy, like just like Bill Belichick, he's very structured, he's very sound, and he makes the his decision is his decision, and he rolls with it no matter what. I think that's what's happening right now. And I think that it's really – there's no better time maybe than to do it than to now. They're going to have the bye week. They're going to have uh, plenty of time to get two already. He is going to be facing a very tough Rams off the defense with Aaron Donald at the head of that defense, but in week eight. So he's going to get tested pretty quick. But then the Dolphins face Arizona the very following week, who I think is going to be another solid defense. But I think after that, things are going to get a little easier for Tua and the Miami Dolphins. And I think that we're going to actually see finally what this new era of Miami Dolphins is going to look like. And I really think that it's all going to be contingent on the type of relationship that Tua can build with his receivers. And I think that number one being Devontae Parker. If him and Parker can get on the same page and build a great rapport, then I see them putting up some really, really good numbers. I also think that if you're a Miles Gaskins owner, right now is going to be the time where his value is going to increase. And I think that you're going to want to want to play him. I think he's going to get a lot more touches than expected. And then Mike Gusecki is another guy. I think that his value is going to rise just because he's going to be that valve for this young quarterback, and he's going to be the one that they're going to want to dump the ball off to. But I think that in the long run, after the first two weeks, we're going to get a good good uh, amount of, uh, uh, of showing, and we're going to get to say, okay, where's he at? Is he startable? And I think in two weeks it's going to be a great discussion really to see where he's at. What do you got, Lance? Yeah, so I'll, I'll say, I mean, those are some good points. I, I would disagree on Miles Gaskin. I think his value is going to go down a little bit only because Tua obviously is a rookie. I think the defenses, at least initially, especially against the Rams and the Cardinals defense actually hasn't been um, too bad this year. Um, they're going to stack the box, I think. So I don't think the running game is going to have much. They're going to force Tua to make plays initially. I could be wrong on that, but I don't know – it's really hard to predict where the value is of these other offensive players because you look at Justin Herbert with the Chargers. When he went in, none of us knew that Herbert really was going to do as great as he did. So I, I hope Tua can actually obviously supersede what Herbert's even doing. I think right now, though, it's too early to kind of tell. Um, but I think to use a fantasy term, what the Dolphins did with Fitzpatrick is they sold high. You know, he's been playing great. They're in the playoff hunt. They knew they were going to put Tua in at some point. Like you mentioned, Henry, the bye's coming up. Maybe this was the plan all along, but maybe they're thinking they can go ahead and flip Fitz for maybe a fourth or a fifth-round pick to a team needing a quarterback. They're going to go with Tua anyways, and then they set themselves up with another draft pick uh, next year to go along with what they already have. And I feel bad for Fitzpatrick. I do, but I will say this to a certain point. Like, come on, man. Like, they drafted Tua. You saw the writing on the wall at some point. Mm-hmm. So for you to think that this was your team, I, I mean, I get it to a certain degree, but I don't too because, again, this was going to happen at some point. Now, granted, with the success that they've had, did we think it would happen this quick? Maybe not, but 
I can't. I don't feel completely bad for the guy. Hopefully, maybe he goes to Dallas and can bump up the stock of our receivers down there. You know, Lance, I want to ask you one question too, real quick, in regards to this, just because of um, you know the amount of Miami Dolphin games you watch. But Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, who do you feel is going to come out on top at the end of the season? With this I think it'll still. I think it'll still be Devontae just because, I mean, he is the consistent playmaker. He built that good rapport with Fitz. I think he'll build that with Tua as well. Um, And just uh, Preston has been so inconsistent. Outside of his blow-up game two weeks ago, he had a couple of other games that saved your week with the touchdown, but that was literally it. So I definitely would go with DP on that one. Yeah, I'd agree, man. Yeah, speaking of receivers over there, I mean, obviously Miami has those two receivers that – uh. It's going to be a little bit wild to see which one you own. But let's talk about a guy that, I'll be honest, I didn't even know that his suspension games were counting even though he wasn't on the team. But Antonio Brown, suddenly out of nowhere, is starting to get some talking. You know, people are starting to whisper about him. And it looks like the Seattle Seahawks are a team that could be in contention to pick him up after his eight-week suspension, which, again, I, I didn't even, I thought it went to account once he was on a team and then it would begin. But I guess after week eight, those eight games that he's been suspended for, that will be up. And then week nine, he'll be eligible to be on a, on a football team where, again, if he lands in Seattle, is, is that guy somebody worth, you know, going to pick up and stashing until he lands on a team? Or is that someone that you just watch one of your friends pick up and then you're just like, well, sucks to be you, buddy. Go deal with that. I think that's the question, you know. Uh, what, what do you do? You know, it depends on how deep your bench is. It depends how your league's set up. I've got Antonio on a few dynasty teams that, you know, these are 20 to 24-man benches, or not benches, but total rosters. So I can stash him and see what happens. But if we're talking about redraft, again, with COVID and everything else going on, I don't know if you can really waste a bench spot on him. Let's think about this. Look at it this way. Let's say he does go to Seattle. Let's break this down. He's 32 years old. He's played one game since 2018. He's now going to an offense while potent. We know DK and Lockett are number one and number two there. How long is it going to take him to get acclimated? Now, if I have a deep bench, I will take a chance on the guy because when this guy gets going in that offense, that could be your fantasy playoffs. And again, using COVID as an example, if you've got some other players out or even hurt or COVID related, you need someone to plug in. I tell you what, you could think of a lot worse than a wide receiver three on the Seattle offense. What do you think about that, Henry? You know, I'm, I'm thinking of Josh Gordon last year and kind of really what, what relevance did he have in this offense? Or was it two years ago whenever he was there? And I just – I don't see him, one, maybe making the squad really. I think this is all talk and buzz. I don't really feel like they're going to reach out there and grab him. But say they do, I would be worried really maybe about the value of DK right now just because he's playing so hot – why would you want to mess that chemistry up that they have going right now? They've opened up the playbook. The team's winning. They're doing fine. I don't see a reason for them to go after Antonio Brown. Fantasy-wise, I just I don't think it's really worth the risk. Just like you mentioned, Lance, too, with, this, with COVID going on right now, you're going to want players that are actually playing to be on your bench because you never know when you're going to need them. And I don't think that very many teams can afford to go out there and put this guy on their bench. So I would say avoid it. If you lose out on it and some other guy gets him, even if he plays, I don't see him putting up enough numbers that you're like, oh, man, I really lost out. Yeah, it's going gonna, gonna, gonna to be a very weird, strange ride over there with Antonio Brown, obviously given the fact that he's a very talented receiver. So, like Lance, I definitely agree. You know, if, if you have your shot and you have a good enough bench for it, shoot your shot. But I'm also with Henry on this one because I, I don't know how much he'll actually be 
trying to win you any games out there. He might be a guy that just wraps up a couple yards here and there and maybe a few plays, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out here in the next couple weeks as we get through that uh, week eight. So, But currently it is week seven, and there are a million and one matchups that are going down literally from the, the top to the bottom. This week has some very heavy matchups. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to waste any more time because literally all I want to talk about is these games coming up. And we were just talking about the Seattle Seahawks, and they'll be taking on the Arizona Cardinals this week, which, as we saw them put an absolute beat down on the Dallas Cowboys, which, honestly, it hurt my soul having to watch that. It really sucked. But we were just talking about how DK Metcalf and Lockett have been having great games facing that Arizona defense. Like, like Lance mentioned, they're a bit of a stingy defense out there. So how do you see this game playing out? Because it's two very mobile quarterbacks, and we've seen them both perform very well. So this is a very tough game. The NFC West always plays themselves extremely tough, and now they face off each other. So, fellas, what do you got to tell me about this fantasy football matchup? Because I'm thinking about starting everybody on either team right now. Guess who's back? Da, 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 da. Guess who's back? Da, da, da. Drake is back. Drake is back. Drake is back. Drake is back. Da, da, da. So, Kenyon Drake, ladies and gentlemen, I think he's back. I'm not selling high. I'm not selling low. I'm standing pat. All right? Obviously, that was a weak-ass defense that he went against Monday night. We know Dallas is terrible. We know this. But let's look at this. Arizona's schedule. Seattle, Miami, Buffalo, Seattle, New England, the Rams. Those are all pretty running back-friendly fantasy defenses to go against. And I think he is going to be a steady RB2 moving forward. And that does continue on this Sunday against Seattle. Now, we look at Seattle, their defense. They're giving up the most points, the most fantasy points to quarterbacks and wide receivers. Kyler Murray, man, get out of the way. You know, I couldn't believe this guy. He completed nine passes Monday night, and he finished as, you know, quarterback, was it two? Quarterback three? I think it was quarterback three, but, I I mean – Good Lord, running the ball, just everything. This is this game has me so hyped up. Like, this is my number one can't wait, can't miss game. As far as fantasy goes, I mean, you've got all these top 10 guys in all these positions. Quarterback one versus quarterback two, Wilson versus Murray. You got DK, you got Hop, you got Lockett, you got what Drake did. So we know we're going to play all of those guys. But here's a guy that I want to tell you to look at, and I did miss on him Monday night. But if you're looking for someone to plug and play, you're filling out a bye week, you got injuries you're dealing with, Andy Isabella, okay? I would really look at him. I think he is a deep sleeper. The Cardinals went to him two times deep in the first half Monday night. They missed on him, and they didn't go back to him because basically, you know, the game got out of hand, and Christian Kirk kind of took over. But I think Isabella is a guy to look at targeting. He'll be on your free agent wire, and I think he's someone that you can go with. So, you know, when you look at this game, Henry, you know, what do you think, looking at the running backs, what do you think the Chris Carson versus uh, Kenyon Drake matchup as far as fantasy goes? Who, who do you like in that matchup and why? 
I like Chris Carson in this matchup. I know it's going to be a tough matchup either way, but I think that personally, I'm listening to you talk about Kenyon Drake, and I'm just not sold on it. They played the Dallas Cowboys. I know you mentioned that, but regardless, they, 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 it's they. He did exactly what he was supposed to do, and truly, he probably should have done more. And so, I'm not sold on this, but I think that uh, if anything's going to wake him up, it's that shake against the Cowboys. But I got Chris Carson this week, putting up more fantasy points. And if you want to, we can do a, a, a bad beat bet. And get this on the on the books right now if you want to. Yes, we're kicking off the, the new the new segment or the new topic of conversation for our podcast. Bad beats. Yes, I love it. I will take Kenyon Drake Sunday, and then you can have Chris Carson, my friend. Just straight up. Yeah, more fantasy points, and then of course this is based on our league settings in the podcast league, uh, just to keep everything on the straight and narrow. Because God knows, me and you are in so many leagues. We've got ten million different scoring. Uh, ways that we're looking at. <laughs> I like it. What about the the Christian Kirk thing? Obviously, you know, we, we saw him get that 81-yard touchdown, but is that something that you could just put down as Dallas being a horrible defense that Henry can run that can run that route? Or is that something where you think to yourself, man, maybe, you know what, Kirk, uh, maybe uh, Captain Kirk over there, you help him out, put him in your lineup, and just steadily puts up points like that? I think yeah, he's someone to definitely – you got to look at playing. I think it does depend on the matchup, right, because Hopkins is still going to get most of the targets. But as you saw on Monday night, that, again, secondary was so bad, a lot of guys were getting opportunities, and Kirk was the main beneficiary of that. So I think specifically, though, if you are in a dynasty league, Kirk is someone you want to maybe look at getting because Larry Fitzgerald obviously is still playing – I still think this is going to be his last year. Christian Kirk could then take over that wide receiver two role with Hop on the other side. Now, I know Fitz comes out of the slot. I know. But um, still, that's going to eat away targets uh, once Fitzgerald's gone. So next year and long term for that offense to have Christian Kirk tied to Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins long term, that's someone to look at. But definitely in redraft, Play him matchup-wise. I've got him on one of my teams, and I played him Monday night as my wide receiver three, and obviously he did did what he did. So I think week to week, he's someone to look at playing, but definitely consider the, the defensive matchup because I don't think you'll want to do it every week because there's certain weeks it's just going to be the DeAndre Hopkins show. Oh, man. You know what? DeAndre Hopkins, for me, I, that's, I love that guy ever since he was that Clemson. That guy has been one of my favorite receivers ever since to set foot on the league. But uh, let's keep things going along with uh, two teams that are coming out very strong games. Well, for one of them, very, very strong in the Pittsburgh Steelers. We saw them put an absolute massacre of a beatdown on the Cleveland Browns. And some people thought that would be a very close game. But turns out that Cleveland is nothing compared to the Pittsburgh Steelers and that defense that showed up to play and beat up Maker Mayfield. But now that defense is going to be having to fight a true train, a guy that just obliterates anybody that steps up to him. I'm talking about Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. We just saw this man explode for a game of over 200 rushing yards, two touchdowns. I mean, it was just phenomenal to watch this machine work out there and literally toss people to next levels out there. So what do you guys expect about this matchup? Because Derrick Henry on one side looks to be an unstoppable force. And that Pittsburgh defense looks like nothing's getting through it. Yeah, man. You know, thinking about, I mean, Derrick Henry went off. I mean, I think throughout the game, I was, I was sending Lance text messages just talking about 
I think he's he's become my new father. I'm gonna start calling him daddy from now on because it was ridiculous. This guy is a full grown man. He should be everybody's idol. I can't believe that I picked him not to do what he was gonna do. But at the same time, I mean, it's the Tennessee Titans. There's a lot going against them, but man, are they responding. I'm thinking maybe COVID gives you some sort of superhuman power because it seems like everybody on this team is just going nuts. But I'm going to flip it and talk about the Steelers first real quick. So the Steelers clearly, they're no longer that aired out type football team that we were accustomed to seeing before. We've seen them kind of drop now and, and, and run the ball a little more. But Big Ben, he was a big miss for us last week. I expected a little bit more from him. I thought it was going to be a rival, you know, like an interdivision rival. I thought they were going to go out there and really put up some good points. But he didn't. Um, but he should be back on track this week. I really him bouncing back the Tennessee defense has allowed Minshew Cousins and Watson to all throw for at least three touchdowns so I see him going out there and at least hitting two of them which is going to be good for the receivers but I still think the odd man out is Juju like we've been talking about so uh, Juju just continues to just look horrible we talked about it last week how you know what's going to happen to him is he truly kind of we've seen the end of Juju but you know Deontay Johnson's coming back this week Chase Claypool is in rhythm Juju has only 14 targets over the past three games. He has had only, I think, one game that he's gone over 50 yards, and that was week one. He's averaging 8.4 yards per catch, which is not the normal for Juju. So something's not right there, whether it's the, um, the, the play calling, if it's just not set up for him anymore, if he's just not feeling well, whatever the case is. I would keep him on your bench. I would not drop him. I would, If you can trade him, if there's somebody who's buying the name, go after that guy, trade him to him. Try to get some value, but I'm just not feeling good for Juju this season. Now, Chase Claypool, that's a kid right now who has been solid. The last two weeks, he's been the number one receiver in scoring points. He is on fire right now. Now, Deontay Johnson's coming back, so you're going to have to temper some of those expectations. But the Titans have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to receivers. So I think that with the trust being so strong between him and Ben, I think that he's going to have a good week. And I think, again, Juju continues to fall down the chain there and becomes the third look for Big Ben. I don't know 100% if Deontay Johnson's back. I know he's supposed to be coming back this week. Lance, do you know if he's back? All the reports I'm reading is he he is back and ready to go Sunday, yeah. Okay, yeah, then, then definitely temper your expectations with Chase Claypool, but you never know, man. I mean, that guy has been just lights out this entire season, or excuse me, the last two games. Um, another one, too. Okay, so flipping on the other side, looking at the Titans. I already talked about Derrick Henry. I think he's a go. He's a must-start. But Why don't Ryan we talk Tan about Tannehill? That's what I'm about. Okay, I know. I knew you were going there. So Tannehill, <laughs> another guy I was wrong with. Again, this whole Tennessee team thing has thrown me off. Man, QB Tannehill. six, baby. QB he six. He is a QB six, man. But he was getting drafted as like QB two zero. I know, man. And then look, okay, so Ryan Tannehill, he does look like to be the guy that you don't want to start this week because the Steelers defense is so solid. I would. But they do they do have some holes. That's mm. where I'm getting at, man. Yeah. So they've allowed the third most air yards per game. So before Baker Mayfield laid this terrible egg against his defense, they actually allowed 20 points per game to Daniel Jones, Jeff Driscoll, and Carson Wentz. Three of the worst quarterbacks in the league mm. went in, played Pittsburgh, and put up some decent numbers. Tannehill is clearly a better quarterback than all three of those guys. I see him actually maybe doing some some damage here. The Steelers' claim to fame is how they can pre bring pressure to the quarterback, and they lead the league with uh, a pressure rate of 50.7. But no quarterback has been better than Tannehill when he's facing pressure. I looked up some stats, and one thing is he owns a 7-0 to zero touchdown to interception ratio and boosts the number one passing rate of 110.5 under pressure. 
it's actually slightly higher than his rating in a clean pocket, which is 110.3. So either way, the guy's doing great. He's having a great season. I wouldn't be surprised if Tannehill goes out and just destroys the Steelers secondary. Mm. That would be a very fun thing to watch over there. Does that mean you expect uh, good old A.J. Brown to have himself a very big game out there? Yeah, I think so. And and I wanted to ask Lance, because honestly, where are we at with Corey Davis? Is he um, still coughing? Is he coming back? He's pr- <laughs> He's practicing. He's he's back. Um, so I think he's going to be ready to go. So okay. um, with that being said, too, if you're looking at maybe Adam Humphreys, because he's been kind of kicking it up the last couple of weeks, yep. I would lower him back down because I think Corey Davis will now. I think him and Tannehill and Brown, man, that's going to be a nice little uh, trio. The other thing, too, though, uh, as far as injuries go, Jonu Smith, I don't think he's going to play Sunday. If you're needing a streaming tight end, one of the ones I'm looking at is Ferkser. He's not my first choice. There's actually a couple of other streamers that I like better, including Richard Rogers Thursday night uh, with Philly. But uh, if you are kind of desperate, uh, Ferkser is someone to maybe look at just because Tannehill's been so hot. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. And I think the thing is with this passing game is Derrick Henry. It centers around that. Everybody's stacking the box, leaves him wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, honestly, Corey Davis could hurt A.J. Brown's value. That's going to kind of be t- to be decided because we've only seen him play, what, one game together, which is week mm-hmm. one. So I think after a couple of weeks, we're going to really be able to see where this tandem kind of falls. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, though, if Corey Davis steps up and can get back into that rhythm we saw towards the end of the last season and the beginning of this one and and becomes the uh, favorite for Tannehill. That sounds like a very dangerous offense over there heading for the Tennessee Titans, especially with how well Ryan Tannehill has been playing. And I know Lance has been a very uh, promoter about that Ryan Tannehill train out there. So very good job on Ryan Tannehill just kicking ass out there. Um, real quick, let's keep, let's keep things going along with uh, – a game that honestly I think is gonna it's just, it looks like it's gonna be a offensive explosion because the ten, the Tennessee Titans did win that game last week but obviously the Houston Texans put up some very big offensive numbers on them and now the Packers are coming off a very tough loss in which they got stomped out by the Buccaneers so I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna come out very upset ready to set fire to this Texans defense which he very might well could. And uh, Houston doesn't, you know, their offense seems to be clicking on, on very good cylinders. So I see very good explosion for that offensive fantasy football-wise. So, boys, what do you got to tell me about this matchup? Boy, I feel very bad if you're the Houston Texans because you're going to feel the wrath of Aaron Rodgers' ire after that terrible, terrible game last weekend against stupid uh, Tom Brady and the, and the Bucks. Um, I've, you know, and I'd, I'd like to say I feel bad for Houston fans because, you know, the Astros choked it away last uh, last week, I think, in the ALCS, right? Which they couldn't cheat, so that's why they lost. And now you've got the Texans that are sitting there at one and six, one and five. They're sitting there. They don't even have a first-round pick. It's going to Miami. Their second-round pick is too. So even when they do suck, they're not even going to be able to get the advantage of the uh, high draft pick so then we look at Sunday playing the Packers Aaron Rodgers we look at Vegas's over under total it's 57 that's the highest of all games for uh for this coming up NFL week and I think sometimes that can be a good indicator on if you're going to see some real uh fantasy goodness or not so looking at the Green Bay side of the ball Aaron Rodgers is going to go off. Devontae Adams is going to go off. 
I think Robert Tanyan is going to go off as well as Aaron Jones. Okay, those are your obvious ones. I think anyone else on the Packers offense, you're taking a, a, a dart throw on because uh, Valdez Scantling hasn't really done much. Lazard's still out. I don't trust Jace Sternberger. So I think for Green Bay, it's pretty simple. It's those four guys and you're good. Looking at the Houston side of the ball, you know, we were just talking about Deshaun Watson, I believe, a couple of weeks ago about disappointing so far in the season. And even at, when he was disappointing, he was still a top-end quarterback, too. Well, look at what we have here. Two of the last – I'm sorry. He has been quarterback two the last three weeks. And we told you his schedule was going to get easier. And boy, has it. And it's going to be good again Sunday. He's looked great. Brandon Cooks. Yep, there I, it is. I, I'm I'm a Cooks truther now. I, I was wrong. Forgive me. Bill O'Brien was the problem there with him getting going. I mean, this fool has, uh, let's see here. He has 17 targets the, in the last two weeks. And you look at the last three weeks, right? Including the week that he had zero points. He's wide receiver of 15. Dang. Okay. That goes to show you how much he's been killing it these last two weeks, which we know now, right? Yep. So I think moving forward, Fuller is your back-end wide receiver one. Cooks is at minimum a top-end wide receiver three, back-end wide receiver two right now. This offense is going. I don't think you can sit either one of them. Randall Cobb is going to be, seems like kind of the odd man out. He's going to be a flex if you need him in a pinch. But, man, Cooks... I think he proved me and everybody else wrong. Mm-hmm. So looking at the uh, Green Bay running backs, giving up points. Okay, this was a very, I think this is actually the coolest stat that I had of the week. So Green Bay is giving up to running backs that get at least 13 or more touches, an average of 23.9 fantasy points per game. So again, running backs that get 13 plus touches against Green Bay, almost 24 fantasy points. David Johnson has had at least 13 touches in all of these first six games. So I think you fire up David Johnson as a back-end RB1, and you don't even think twice about it. So, Henry, I don't know, looking at these running backs, receivers, anything stand out to you on what people can do this weekend? No, I mean, I want to talk real quick. You said Robert Tanyan, too. Um, I went and picked him up in a couple of leagues. For some reason, he was out there, and I wanted to get your thoughts, Lance. I mean – are we now that Devontae Adams is coming back and he's going to be back in the swing of things? Are we going to see a big hit there with Robert Tanyan, though? If you're a Tanyan owner, I mean, I think last weekend was an anomaly. You know, Tanya okay. didn't do great, but it, it was more game flow than anything. Mm. But no, I, I don't think so. I think he, he's proven to Aaron Rodgers that he can be his go to guy, and I think. Tanyan is number three as far as receiving in that offense behind is Adams number one, Aaron Jones number two, and Tanya's number three. Now, the only thing that could, could mess with that would be Alan Lazard when he does get back. But outside of that, I, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, that, that Packers offense, I think, is just gonna come out literally guns blazing after what just happened to them against the Bucks. So honestly, I, I mean I would really hate to play for the Houston Texas defense today. <laughs> But, uh, all right, let's keep things going along to a game that um, literally, I'll be honest, I was supposed to be at this game, the Chiefs versus the Denver Broncos. Um, this weekend, I'll actually be in Denver. We were going to go to this game, but turns out Colorado, you guys are a bunch of pansies and apparently do not allow fans in. Thank you for that, jerks. So, uh, 
That's why now I'll be pulling very heavily for the Kansas City Chiefs, which now, you know, obviously a divisional matchup. Those games in the AFC West, people may say that this could be a very easy win for the Chiefs, but as we saw what the Raiders did to the Chiefs, I mean, the, the AFC West plays each other tough. We've seen how the Chargers play the Chiefs, and now the Denver, we, we just saw what they did to the, obviously the Bill Belichick offense isn't that great, but the New England Patriots are still not a, not a joke of a team. So how do you see this game playing out there? Because obviously no one expects Denver to have a chance, but maybe you can see some, maybe some spark from good old Philip Lindsay who had himself his hundred yard game after Melvin Gordon decided to go out and have some fun out there with his friends. Yeah, man, uh, it's a shame you can't go to that game because any chance you get to see future Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes is, is a gift. So yep. it's, it's a shame. But uh, Drew Locke, man, um, no quarterback has had a higher average depth of target this season than Drew Locke. So he's throwing the ball. He's throwing it out there. 13.9 yards a throw. Um, you know, that second-year quarterback is just really lighting it up when he gets the opportunity or he's not hurt. Um, and I think we kind of saw this from Daniel Jones last year under the offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, just the way he throws the ball deep and gets it out there. I fully expect this trend to continue, especially because they're going to have to be keeping up with points with Patrick Mahomes unless they get this terrible uh, game plan that they had, like they did against the Bills, it almost backfired on them, running the ball way, way too much. Could possibly not only hurt your running back, which we saw in the Vikings situation, if you run them every single play, it's bound to happen. They're going to be eventually get hurt. So hopefully the Chiefs kind of learn from that, almost shooting themselves in the foot, and we'll throw the ball a lot. If they do, then we're going to see Drew Locke throwing the ball a lot. Kansas City ranks fifth best against fa uh, fantasy wide receivers this season, but they've never faced um, a uh, deep ball percentage of 25.7% or more, which they're going to see against this Denver team. So um, it's going to be an interesting matchup there for Drew Locke. Philip Lindsay is, is one, like you just mentioned right now, he really was a great filler. He had 23 carries and 101 yards, but Gordon's back this week. I think Gordon's going to be the guy, even though they're going to split uh, carries. I still see Gordon being the guy that's going to put one in, score a touchdown this week. I would definitely start Gordon um, in, in this matchup. Uh, Tim Patrick, man, that's one that I know, Rudy, you had sent a text over the weekend because you were really all about him. But he leads the NFL – or excuse me, in week six, he led the NFL in air yards, 212 air yards. Um, and then rookie Jerry Judy, he leads the team with uh, passing plays over 15 yards. So, But out of these two, man, Patrick would be my favorite. Uh, this guy is getting 30% of the target share over the past two weeks. He's clearly the guy that they're throwing the ball to. I think that he's going to get it, and, and he's going to be the guy. So, like you mentioned, should you go out and pick him up or start him? I would say start Tim Patrick this week. He's got a great opportunity. The ceiling's high, especially going against the Chiefs in that passing defense. If, if you uh, had to choose between starting Judy or Patrick, which one of those guys do you think has a better game? Yeah, I'm leaning to Patrick. I think Patrick has a better game just because of the share. He's getting a lot more looks. Uh, his opportunities are there. I definitely would start him. Mm, nice. Um, Noah Fant, man, that's another one. If he starts, if he plays this week, he's going to be one that actually may hurt this, though, Patrick's situation, because if he comes in, he may get some uh, some opportunities with Drew Locke back in the mix. I know they had a really good connection there. So I don't know if he's available to go yet. Uh, but if he is, then that's somebody that I would look at. So really the biggest story, even though it's not really going to have any kind of ramifications this week or uh, for the next few weeks, though, is Le'Veon Bell. This is his first game where he's going to be suited up on the sideline, and he is going to – I see Lance's face right now because his boy Clyde Edwards is going to now have to step up and show what he can really do while that guy's on the sideline, not while he's watching from up in the suite. But we did see uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He put up 161 yards on 26 carries. That was the best performance of his season. Lance called it. 
but man, that was way too much. They're not going to get that many that many touches, I think. Maybe unless the game plan falls against another team. But that, that was scary, seeing him run that many times. But he did it, man. But half of the running backs who have had multiple carries against the Broncos average under three yards per carry. Oh. So only two backs have had more than 60 rushing yards against them. And only one of those backs scored a touchdown against them. So if Hilaire gets 15 or more carries, he should be a, he should get over his 50-yard mark. But he, I don't think he's going to get a touchdown this week, Lance. So I don't know if you want to do a board bet there. but Or excuse me, a bad beat bet. But all the Kansas City players involved in the passing game, you need to put them in. Um, because I think that they're going to go off this week and they're going to pass the ball a lot more. So Demarcus Robinson is probably the guy you're going to want to target. With mm-hmm. Watkins being sidelined, we saw Robbins had five catches, 69 yards last week. I think that he's going to step up. He's a wide receiver three ranked, in my opinion. PPR, he definitely needs to be in. But um, I think Demarcus Robinson should be that guy you're looking at. Obviously, you're going to get your normals. I, I, I can't co-sign on that about Demarcus Robinson, though, Henry, only because I think this could be the Nicole Hardman week. Every other week, these guys take turns and – well, you could play Robinson if you if you're if you're desperate or you need to put in a wide receiver three, but I wouldn't consider necessarily that he's going to do what he did Monday night. Let's keep in mind too, Tyreek Hill was taken out of the game, and that was a weird weather game. Kind of like I kind of just chalked that game up to just being very just off. So I, I don't know. I don't hate Robinson, but. I don't know. It could be Miko Harmon. It could be Demarcus Robinson. It could be neither because Tyreek Hill is the one that that, that does the, the damage. But I am with you, though, on LR. Um, I can't take the, the bad beat there. Um, looking at the numbers crunching and everything like that, I'm 100% with you. It's going to be a passing game. Mahomes, I bet he throws four or five touchdowns. Ooh. And, yeah, one, or, one of those could go to your boy Robinson. Man, that would be very fantastic. That would be a very good call by Henry over there to – get that out there because obviously Patrick Mahomes loves to spread out the ball and we never know exactly who's going to catch those touchdowns except obviously Travis Kelsey because that guy is BFFs with Patrick Mahomes. Um, so let's keep this going. This one, this game is a little bit more different. Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, for the most part, people have seen them and, and there's certain days where they have good days offensively and other days lately, you know, maybe not so good. But Henry had talked about it a while back about James Robinson and how great of a start he had to the season, but how long could he keep that up, you know? Is that someone that's going to keep things going against the Chargers who are coming off a bye week? And what what can we expect with the rookie Justin Herbert? Like last was talking about, dude has played probably beyond anyone's uh, expectations, and now he faces Jacksonville Jaguars, which we've seen their defense not do very well. So we can maybe expect them to have a couple touchdown game out there. So, fellas, talk to me about this game. Dude, 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 dude. I, I'm so excited for this game, too. Oh, my God. With Herbert and everything else going on, to first hit on James Robinson. So he's got at least 16 touches every game this year. So that goes to show you, no matter the game flow, no matter how it's playing out, he is going to get those touches. And he looked really good on that touchdown uh, That touchdown he had last week, too. So you fire up James Robinson. He's an RB1. I think for right now he's still an RB1. Every week, if you're in a 12-teamer, he is going to be there every time. Now, looking at the wide receivers for Jacksonville, I'm sorry I'm not wavering on my boy, DJ Shark. I'm not. Okay, he had 14 targets last Sunday. Did he do a lot with them? No. Did Keelan Cole outperform him? Yes, but 
he still had 14 targets. And if you're giving me any receiver in any offense that's getting that many chances, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. A.J. Green. <laughs> oh, I how dare you even compare my boy to A.J. Green, okay? I'm <laughs> just saying, you. hey, you said it, not me. That's a, that's a fair point. It's a fair point. I think, though, Chark, he's going to – I think he's going to be fine. He's you Continue to play him. The talent is going to supersede what he's been doing up to this point. Now, Keelan Cole, though, he is someone to maybe try to get if he's not already been snatched up in your league. In four of the six games this year, he's had double-digit points. And in a couple of those, he's had quite a bit of more points like last Sunday, right? So Minshew's still going to be throwing the ball a lot. So Keelan Cole really has kind of come up uh, and really been doing some damage. So he's someone to look at. Um, Going to the uh, Charger side of the ball, running back situation. Justin Jefferson, he did pop up with the knee injury today as a limited practice. Keenan Allen also... He's still reeling from that back injury, but they expect him to play Sunday. Justin Jackson, though, keep an eye on, because if you picked him up like I did two weeks ago, have a backup ready just in case it comes Sunday morning and he's inactive. I hope that's not the case. And in, the, in that case, too, Kelly obviously will be running the show. But if Jackson plays, he's a, he's a top-end RB2, possibly even a back-end RB1. I'm really excited if he can if he can play. So I definitely think the Chargers running game is going to be great. Justin Herbert, all right? Good Lord. This dude is going to ball out. You know, I got him in one of my leagues that I really was expecting to tank only because I had tra- traded away a lot of draft picks and I was kind of really piecing things together. I picked up Herbert after like week uh, two or three. And I mean, looking at the schedule, especially when you get to the fantasy playoffs, it's solid, man. And so with him playing, putting up QB1 numbers right now, fire him up. Fire up Mike Williams, man. No injuries for him as far as I know. This dude balled out in New Orleans on that Monday night game before the bye week. I am playing Mike Williams in every team that I have him in. I am getting him in my lineup, especially if Keenan Allen doesn't play. So what I am not sure on, though, or at least I'm curious your thoughts, Henry, is um, taking Keenan's injury out of it. You know, moving forward, Keenan Allen versus Mike Williams. You know, who do you think who do you think is more valuable rest of the season? Or who do you expect to really get these fantasy teams to the home stretch at the end of the fantasy playoffs? I think as long as there's no no injuries, that's gonna be a key thing coming into this one because Mike Williams is injury prone. But I think if Mike Williams can stay healthy, I think he's the guy that can really get you those fantasy points. It's clear that Herbert likes him. It's clear that he goes deep and he can get there. He's fast. He's a big body receiver. I look at look at him being the guy that would take you down the home stretch. Keenan Allen, the only thing I'm worried about with him is that, I mean, his, him getting his looks and really I feel like the way that Herbert throws the ball and what he looks for, it's either going really short or it's going really long. He's not really going across the middle. I feel like Mike Williams would be the guy that takes you down the stretch. Oh, man, he, he makes the best catches, too. Like, when I have him on my fantasy team and I am playing him, and I didn't play him that Monday night because, hell, I didn't know he was damn well playing until uh, the game started. Otherwise, I would have probably got him in. But, man, if he's knowingly in my fantasy lineup getting me those points and the way he's doing it, he's so much fun to watch. Very, very. That, that guy right there, out of Clemson as well, that guy just great hands. That guy knows how to jump. It's phenomenal to watch Mike with him go to work. So uh, let's keep things going along. And uh, we talked a little about earlier how I mentioned about the Raiders taking off uh, the Kansas City Chiefs by storm. 
And now it looks like they'll be trying to do the same thing to Tom Brady and company over there in uh, Las Vegas. So with Tom Brady going over there, everybody obviously expects them to get a win here. But what do you, maybe this Raider offense can go out there and manage to get some W because Josh Jacobs, like you guys had talked about a couple weeks ago, he decided to come alive and he's making some things happen. So can Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr push this team to get a win? Or is this something that that defense that for the Buccaneers that they just beat up Aaron Rodgers and company and shut them down? Is this something that maybe we can expect that kind of a repeat again this Sunday night or Sunday? As much as I wish and hope that it's going to be Josh Jacobs, I really think that the guy that this week that's going to put the Raiders over the top is going to be Henry Ruggs. I think this guy is going to run wild against this um, Kansas City Chiefs secondary. We clearly, as we've seen over the years and really over this last couple of weeks, um, the rookies after their bye weeks have come out very, very strong and put up great numbers. And I think that Derek Carr is going to be looking for rugs often and early in this game. And given the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that has allowed the third highest passer rating to throws over 20 plus yards downfield, I see Ruggs coming out with some home run opportunities. This guy's going to be thrown too deep. He's going to get those opportunities. So I look at him being the difference maker. I think Carr, um, he's he's going to get some some really good numbers. But I think where really the um, the biggest change there that's going to that's going to help Josh Jacobs is I think they're going to make some pl- uh, play calling adjustments. And I think they're, they're going to throw the ball a little more back to Josh Jacobs like they did in Week One. And I think they're going to be looking at game film and realizing that that was making a difference. So I'm thinking that Josh Jacobs gets an opportunity. Lance, I see you throwing your hand up. What's up, man? Just one thing. Uh, the news came down earlier today that Gruden sent five of the offensive linemen home. Uh, Trent Brown uh, is on the COVID list. And so due to them playing so much close to each other, uh, five of them were sent home today. Something to monitor because offensive linemen obviously are a key piece to these offenses. Uh, just keep an eye on it. Yeah, and I'm hoping and I'm thinking that maybe that'll just be some, you know, just caution things and they just want to make sure they're probably going to get tested. Hopefully they'll be back tomorrow, man. But, yeah, that's a great call there. I didn't even realize that or see that. Uh, And, you know, if that happens and everything's out the window, Bucks are going to win. They're going to run all over them and it'll be a crazy game. But I'm sure they're going to have some sort of plan to fix all this. Here's another guy. Looking on the running back side, Ronald Jones. This guy single-handedly probably lost my fantasy week this week. I I didn't think this guy was going to go off like this. But he put up monster numbers this week against me and uh, he's the reason I took the L like I mentioned but if Fournette remains out which it looks like he's going to this week with his ankle injury then I see Jones doing really really well Jones has had three games in a row where he's put up at least 100 yards 11 catches and then 16 targets during that time span so he's also scored two touchdowns and is playing at the level I mean it's it's unbelievable what he's doing this is the level that we thought he was going to play prior to Fournette coming to this team and so seeing them put up those kind of numbers man is just it's kind of scary to see a player turn it on like that the Raiders have allowed the third most fantasy points to a running back this season and Vegas has also allowed eight touchdowns to running backs over the last five games so I see Ronald Jones most likely having a really good day if Fournette is out if Fournette's in there then I would still start Ronald Jones because I still think that based on the matchup and what they have going on and then Fournette not being maybe 100 percent I still think that, that Ronald Jones is going to get enough touches to put do some damage and give you some points uh, for your fantasy team. Brady, I think, is going to have a great week. I think Brady will go out there and put up some good numbers. You know, I got him in the top 10, maybe top 11, really. So I got him at 11. Ooh. But I still think that he has a good opportunity to put up some good numbers. And then, uh, but Gronk, I know a lot of people were all excited about Gronk putting up some a little bit of numbers last week. 
It was all during garbage time. Do not trust Gronk. Don't go start him. Don't play him this week. I'm telling you right now, he is. That was it was a it was a uh, what is it, optical illusion. It wasn't real. Act like it didn't happen. But dude, I'm I'm for real, man. Rock on, surf up, yeah. Yeah, well, he's, <laughs> he ain't gonna be surfing on your team this week. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, one one thing I, I wanted right. to share real quick. I'm sorry. You talked about Ronald Jones. Yeah. I, I think he's their starter for the rest of the season. I think Fournette got hurt. He didn't do much. Uh, I think it's Ronald Jones, and I don't think you look back. Ronald Jones has accounted for 25.3% of the offensive yardage for Tampa this year, mm. and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Yeah, I like that, man. That would be good if, for Ronald Jones owners and I think for the Bucks, man. I think that's a good move. Quick, obviously there's a ton of football left to get to, so – we do our always our late round rapid fly, fire flyers around this mug. It gets intense around here. So we're going to kick off the rest of the games and we're going to get through all of these because I know everyone listening, you have players on every different literally team out there because that's what fantasy football is. And if you haven't already, don't forget late round flyers on Twitter, Instagram, message us, follow us, do whatever you want, man. We got you. All right. We're available. I would say 24 seven, but I mean, eventually I do have to sleep. So we'll take shifts sleeping or something like that, fellas. But, uh, yeah, don't forget, hit us up on social media, get at us, and we'll take care of you there. All right, so real quick, let's get kick things off with the Thursday night matchup in the NFC Least. The New York Giants go and take on Philadelphia in the Eagles' house. So, yes, Thursday night football, Eagles, Giants, um, Philadelphia, they are having some more injury issues. Zach Ertz is out four to six weeks. Um, what do you do there? But, hey, they're getting Deshaun Jackson back, right? So maybe he'll get to play a couple of series before he gets hurt again. I don't think – you don't play Deshaun Jackson. You got to see it, man. You know, don't, don't, don't mess with that guy right now. The guy you want to mess with, the guy you want to mess with, the guy that I mess with, uh, Trevor Fulham, okay? 26 targets the last three weeks. He is the apple of Carson Wentz's eye right now. The dude trusts him. The guy's been making plays, and the guy is helping me win fantasy matchups. So fire him up, man. I think he is going to be a uh, top 12 wide receiver, one receiver this week. I really believe that. Now, Carson Wentz, despite as bad as he has been playing, more recently he's been better. The last four games, he has been a top 12 QB. So that's a QB one, okay? And it's because of the rushing, okay? The guy knows how to run the ball because his receivers can either catch it other than Fulham or they are not healthy enough to be out there. I'm looking at you, Jalen Rieger, but I know it's not your fault, and it's okay, but you better get back out there soon or your job's going to be taken because Fulham is here to play. So um, looking at the uh, Giants side of the ball, Sterling Shepard could be back. He came back to practice, uh, I believe, today. So maybe um, we want to see what he has. But, hey, if he's healthy, though, after this week, fire him up as a wide receiver three or a back end flex. He's really the only receiver I think I would trust in this offense just because him and Jones do, I think they have a pretty good connection. Uh, Slayton is still someone to look at, but I don't know. For some reason, I kind of like Sterling Shepard. So anyways, if he's back from injury, just kind of monitor that um, as well. Uh, Looking at the next game, we've got Lions, Falcons, Matt Ryan, this is a very cool stat I like. I know it's kind of weird. I've been a, a stats guy this week. I'm like, Henry, it's weird. So Matt Ryan is a top seven fantasy quarterback when Julio Jones plays the whole game or basically has not been you know hurt like halfway through when he plays the whole game. He's top seven quarterback. Without him, 
He's bottom seven. So basically, Matt Ryan had been taking a big dip. I think in some teams, you know, I, I dropped him, right? Well, now that Julio's back, we saw what Matt Ryan did Sunday. Good Lord. So fire up Matt Ryan. I think he's a QB1 this week. Julio's back. Eight catches, 137 yards, two touchdowns. He's back, baby. But here's the interesting thing I wanted to talk about with Atlanta. Todd Gurley, so he's not someone we want to brush aside yet. I think he's still going to be a serviceable RB2. He had eight targets in the first four games. That was concerning. Brian Hill was getting more run. He's still getting some touches, but the last two games – Gurley's gotten nine targets. Mm. So he's more than doubled what he did the last two games in the first four games. So I think that's something to kind of look at. Maybe it's game flow. Who knows? But it's nice to see if you do own Gurley, which, by the way, I did trade him in that dynasty like I was telling you guys about nice. a couple of weeks ago. So, anyways, um, Detroit side of the ball, DeAndre Swift, he is proving his first round uh, – no, I'm sorry, his second round mm-hmm. draft pick value. I don't think the Lions are going to be smart enough, though, to keep with it. I think definitely on Johnson, cut him if you haven't already. If you haven't, what the hell are you doing with your team? So get rid of him. Adrian Peterson and Swift are the guys you still want, but I don't know how much you want to trust either one of them. You would think DeAndre Swift would get some good run because it's a great matchup this Sunday, but I don't think Matt Patricia is smart enough to, to, to do that. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll see what happens over there. But now let's take it over to a different game, the Battle of Ohio. The Cleveland Browns take on uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. And we know the last time they faced, Joe Burrows had like, I don't know, like 200 passing attempts. So, Henry, what can you tell us about this matchup? Yeah, man, I can tell you right now, Joe Burrow has thrown for 300 yards in his past four, excuse me, four out of his past six games. Um, That includes week two matchup like you just mentioned right now where he threw for, I don't even know how many times, but it was for 316 yards, three touchdowns, had no interceptions. And that was when it kind of kicked off the Joe Burrow era, the way that everybody was just jumping on that bandwagon. I know that uh, the Browns, they slowed Big Ben down last week, but if A.J. Green can build on what he did last week, man, I think that between him, Tyler Boyd, um, Higgins, I think they're going to have a great, a little thing there, just like we talked about with the Tennessee Tennessee Titans, and I think Burrow will have a great game. Uh, Tyler Boyd, just like I mentioned right now, week two, he posted a stat line of seven catches, 76 yards, and a score. Um, he has also had three touchdowns over the past five games. So the Browns have allowed the second most fantasy points to the slot receiver, which is what Tyler Boyd plays. Tyler Boyd is a must-start this week. I think he's going to have a great game, and he's going to put up a lot of fantasy points. Again, A.J. Green, hit the pause button. Wait until we see what happens. A little more consistency. Check back maybe week 11. Let's see if we can play this guy. Uh, jumping over to the Brown side of the ball, Kareem Hunt. The past This past week, Kareem Hunt had probably the worst game of his season, clearly. But this week, I think he's going to have the best. The Bengals have allowed the second most yards per carry this season with 5.1, leading to having the third most rushing yards allowed of 854 this season. So as long as the Browns' defense doesn't give up any big leads, then I think the Cleveland Browns are going to stick with their strategy. They're going to feed Hunt, and I think Hunt's going to have a great bounce-back game and then you better sell high. That's an opportunity because I think pretty it may be an opportunity where you can get the most value out of that guy if you're looking to sell Hunt. Uh, Jarvis Landry continues to deal with his hip injury. We can see that through his play. Um, he's, he hasn't caught a touchdown all season. He's only gone over 50 yards one time in week one. The Browns are going to be running the ball a lot. I say avoid Mayfield, avoid Landry, avoid OBJ. I mean, obviously, you're going to have to start OBJ because you probably either drafted him higher or that's maybe the best on your list. But I think Austin Hooper is the only guy that I would maybe trust in this defense this week, I'm mean, this offense. 
They're going up against a Bengals team that's allowed the seven, seventh most fantasy points to a tight end. So, again, Austin Hooper may be the guy you want to start in this offense. Jumping over the Panthers and the Saints. So, Teddy Bridgewater gets this revenge game. He gets an opportunity to come in to New Orleans and see if he can do some damage. So, we saw Teddy Bridgewater struggle last week, which was expected. But I have Teddy Bridgewater as a sleeper this week. He's going up against a Saints defense that's allowed – every opposing quarterback to throw at least three touchdowns. So this guy's going to put up some good numbers. Uh, Robbie Anderson, my favorite, clearly he's going to have a great week. Uh, I think that Robbie Anderson, he's still the guy that's the check down. He's the guy that's coming across the middle and he's hitting deep balls. Even last week, he posted up four balls, 77 yards. I expect him to go off this week. I think that he's going to have um, a really, really good week. DJ Moore as well is going to have a solid game. You start both of them. Now the other side of the ball, old man Drew Brees. Um, I'm, I don't know what to expect. You know, I've been doing a little bit of research and I've been looking into this and I, I just don't know where Drew Brees is right now. I know that we're going to, he's getting Michael Thomas back and Michael Thomas should put in some opportunities to uh, have him uh, rack up his stats, but the Panthers have allowed 67% completion rating, uh, completion rating, excuse me, but 6.1 yards per pass attempt. And we all know that Brees likes to go long every once in a while. And so I see that being coming a problem. I think he's going to throw a couple of interceptions. This team has uh, really uh, done damage with takeaways. If Thomas returns, then I see Brees. His ceiling will go up. He's going to have an opportunity to put up some good stats. If he doesn't, I'd be worried about Brees this week. Emmanuel Sanders, he was consistent when, whenever um, – he was actually great whenever uh, Emmanuel Sanders was out. But with Thomas coming back, we really don't know what we're going to get there. It's been since week one, since they played together. So I'm looking at, you know, really you're going to temper your expectations there. He was getting so many targets without Michael Thomas there. With Michael Thomas back, that number is going to drop. But maybe with defenses shifting more towards Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders can still be that guy. I have him as a wide receiver three this week. I still think he's going to get you enough points to be serviceable. And then the last guy real quick I want to touch on in this game is Jared Cook. Coming off the best game of his season last week, uh, 52 yards with a touchdown. Uh, but he's been way too inconsistent to trust. Uh, I think that going up against his defense – I don't, I don't see him being worth a start. I just wanted to throw that in there. I'd avoid Jared Cook. All right, man. Now let's kick things over to the East Coast out there. Um, I believe it's the West. Let me see, West. Yeah, East Coast over there with the Buffalo Bills taking on the New York Jets, a.k.a. Tank for Trevor. Lance, what can you tell us about this game? So every week, stream your defense against the Jets, whoever they are. If you're smart like me, you picked up Buffalo's defense last week if someone dropped them to play this week. You played Miami last week, who, by the way, got the first shutout of the NFL for any team all season. Um, again, that's against the Jets. So even as bad as the defense looks, if they're playing the Jets, go ahead and pick them up. Um, on the Jets side of the ball, Jamison Crowder still is the only one you want to trust. I would keep an eye on Perriman. He came back from that injury, and he did have eight targets last week. So if the Jets do continue to find themselves down a lot of points and they're having to throw the ball even as bad as they are, the targets could be there for Perriman as a possible wide receiver three, wide receiver four. So just monitor that. Looking at Buffalo, though, Cole Beasley, he is quietly wide receiver 28. He has, he's had double-digit points five of the six games, and the one he didn't, it was like 9.8. So he has been Mr. Consistency. Even with John Brown early on doing well, he still did decent. When John Brown went out, he still did decent. What, what you got, Henry? I just want to throw in there, he tweaked his ankle, if you saw in that last, one of those last plays there in Can oh, Kansas did? City. He did. He came off the field oh. barely like a walk. So keep that in mind. Maybe look at yeah. it. Make sure – 
He's not banged up. Good, good call there. Well, if he's out, Gabriel Davis maybe is another guy on the Bills offense to look at maybe plugging him in. But Beasley is one of those niche players, you know, coming out of the slot, catching those quick slants, getting you those five, six, seven-yard catches. So he may be irreplaceable as far as your fantasy lineup goes if you were relying on Beasley. Uh, Bills running backs, I think they bounced back Sunday in a big way. Yes, Singletary was not good. Moss coming off of his injury, played in his first game. Again, Monday night's game was just weird. It was weird. Weird for the Bills, for the Chiefs, for everybody fantasy-related. It just was off. So I think you throw that out the window with these Bills running backs, at least for this week. This week, I think you can fire them up with confidence. Josh Allen will probably finish as a top-four quarterback just because of the matchup alone as well because we know he can run the ball. So it's going to be all Bills all day, another blowout, one more closer loss getting the Jets uh, closer to uh, Trevor um, – what's his name? Lawrence. Yes, Trevor Lawrence. Although I did see something funny real quick. I have to share this. Um, there was someone, someone posted that they said, if the Jets get the number one pick, do you think Trevor Lawrence stays one more year at Clemson? Oh, yeah. Is that not – that's the funniest damn thing. I, I would have put – have you seen that SpongeBob meme where he said, all right, I'm out? I've seen that oh, yeah. one where they put Trevor Lawrence's face and they're like, Jets get the number one overall pick, and then it's Trevor Lawrence, and he's like, all right, I'm staying in college. It's hilarious. I man. would not blame him. But then – what if the Jets go like 0-16 again and then like <laughs> he would have to pull like an Eli Manning or a John Elway or something, right? Yeah, Maybe he could get his dad involved. <laughs> so anyways, okay, moving on to the next game, Dallas Cowboys, Washington football team. I, I'm so high on Dalton this week, okay? I should have known better last week. Monday night football. This dude is trash in primetime games. Anytime he's played with Cincinnati – Sunday night games, Monday night games, Thursday night games. He has been terrible. Why would I think that this would have been any different? So, you know what that means, though? Sunday game, afternoon, I bet Dalton throws for 400 yards, three or four touchdowns. I think he's going to finish as a top 10 quarterback. I really do. And it's not like this Washington defense has been doing much lately, especially with their injuries. So, I think, obviously, you're going to trust – Lamb, you're going to trust Gallup. You're going to trust Cooper. And I think you can trust Schultz. I think the, the, the catches are going to be there. Even Monday night, you know, Dalton threw, I think, what, 54 mm-hmm. uh, passes, some, something yep. like that. So, and with Elliott fumbling the way he did, uh, looking like just an idiot, which he does anyways for me, but I just can't stand that guy. I'm sorry. I got to take my emotions out of this because he just – Bring something out of me that's not good. Just ask my wife. So, anyways, um, looking at the Washington football team, this backfield, it's a 50-50 RBBC, man. Gibson, McKissick, they're splitting these reps. So, who do you want to take? I don't think really Sunday you can go wrong with either one because if they are getting blown out, they're going to be catching a lot of passes out of the backfield, both of them. Terry McLaurin, this Cowboys secondary, Terry McLaurin is going to be a top three receiver this week. Let's let's not kid ourselves, okay? Mm-hmm. This dude's talented. Kyle Allen can throw that ball downfield. Hell, I think Kyle Allen could be a top 12 quarterback too while we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, this game is probably going to be a, a blowout anyways. But I think those are the only guys you could trust. Well, I take that back. One guy, Logan Thomas, tight end for Washington. I really like him this week. He had three catches, 42 yards, a touchdown last week. Um, Dallas – 
does like to give up points to the tight end. So I think Thomas is a really good play, especially if you're needing to stream somebody. If you have Mark Andrews out on the bye week or you had Jonu Smith who's hurt, uh, Logan Thomas is a good plug-and-play tight end as well. Oh, man, excellent points out there. Uh, real quick, go ahead, Henry. I, I think we've got a bad beat bet here. I don't think Terry McLaurin finishes in top three. Oh, uh, what about top five? You were confident, Lance, when you said that, though. So, you know what? what? I, I was. Let's do it. Top three, baby. You're gonna get that bad beat, mofo. Okay, bad and hey, boy. and if you lose, you have to wear your shirt like Ezekiel Elliott and take a picture oh, of him on Instagram. Savage. I would rather jump off the Empire State Building than be anything associated <laughs> with that fool. All right, man. I was gonna buy your nose ring. Uh, real quick though, uh, just to keep it going with the games. Uh, we talked about the. Seattle Seahawks and, and the Cardinals being the game of the week, according to Henry. But one of the most intriguing matchups to me personally, Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo, however you want to say his name, goes back home to New England where Bill Belichick shipped him out and kept Tim Brady, but no more Tim. So how is this game going to play out? Because the Patriots are coming off a game where obviously they want to bounce back off that tough loss to the Broncos. And Jimmy Garoppolo wants to go in there and smash him up just like he did this past week. Yeah, I just – I don't even want to watch this game. I think it's going to be a terrible game. But uh, I, I'm trying to figure out, like, the Patriots, they don't have any identity whatsoever. I think their only identity they can claim to is that they got COVID because nobody's doing what they should be doing or have been doing or did in the past, and it's just looking ugly up there. Um, Cam Newton, this may be a bounce-back week for him if any week was because the 49ers have struggled against uh, athletic running quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, and Carson Wentz have all gone over 45 yards. So looking at Newton, he's a run-first quarterback. I think he's going to get some opportunities there. He'll put up some points based on that stat. James White, he's been solid the last two outings, 15 catches, 103 yards with 17 targets. But I look for Cam Newton to uh, look for him early and often. And I would start White in a PPR league, but I would leave him on your bench in any other format at this point. Julian Edelman, man, that's another guy that's completely lost. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe he is retiring or already retired, excuse me, because he hasn't been seen since week two uh, with his uh, big performance. And actually since then, looking at his numbers, since week two, he's had seven catches, 66 yards, and only 18 targets. So Ooh. obviously it's a product of just the situation with COVID and what happened up there. But at the same time, I mean, he definitely is, is lost in translation somewhere. Um, and then something is off with – the way that he's, he's his communication with with um, with Cam Newton, just the way that they're talking to each other. If you'll watch, it's almost like the plays they're they're not on sync whenever they're 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 um, uh, calling the plays. So something to keep an eye on. I don't know what's going on there, but it may be deeper than what we're uh, what we're feeling. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you mentioned him right now. I think that going back to Boston, he's going to definitely want to go up there and show what he can do. Um, I see him though having a tough week because. Bill Belichick is still a super genius when it comes to football. He knows every all the good, bad, and ugly on Jimmy G. He is going to figure out a way to shut this guy down. But New England has allowed three quarterbacks to score multiple touchdowns this season, but, um, but only two of those went over 300-yard mark, and that was Mahomes and Russell Wilson. So I don't see Jimmy G falling in that category. It's going to be a tough week for that 49ers offense. Jimmy uh, G, Jer real quick, you think he's yeah, top 15 this week? No, no, absolutely not. No, that guy, he's not, he's not worth a start. He's not worth uh, anything right now. So I would, not, I would not go there. Now, he's got some value later on in the season, but against his team, I can't see him doing that. And then also his running back, Mostert being out. McKinnon will be solid in a flex option. Um, but also, and, and this is like Lance, he likes to dive deep in those other players. But I look for Jay McCow Hasty or Hasty. 
Michael Hasty. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Thank you. And then even Jeff Wilson, man, to get a little more uh, time than expected touching that ball. So it if may he not, plays. Yeah. If he plays, exactly. Yeah. If he does play. I just don't see Jared McKinnon, though, being, you know, getting all the touches out there. So New England is the league leader in the fewest uh, receptions allowed to a running back this year. So that PPR dump off, I don't expect happening. Uh, and then moving down to the last game here, the Bears at the Rams. You know, Jared Goff, he's got a really tough matchup this week. Uh, the Bears' D is, is really giving no room for fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, they've not allowed an opposing quarterback to throw for multiple touchdowns all season. We touched on this last week, and the stat is still basically the same. They have uh, allowed five touchdowns – excuse me. They've allowed more interceptions with five than touchdowns given up, and that's four this season. So that defense is playing on another level. If they could just get that offense figured out, that team will be something to compete with. I, I truly don't even trust Cup or Woods to put up the kind of numbers you're going to need. So you're obviously going to want to start them, but I'm telling you they're probably going to be wide receiver three, wide receiver two numbers um, this week. Calvin Ridley is the only guy that went over the 100-yard mark against this defense. Uh, Tyler Higby, he's probably going to be the only Rams player you're really, really going to want to start this week based on the matchup. The Bears have allowed three touchdowns uh, to the tight end, and Higby will create a mismatch against his defense just the way they play him. So I would definitely start Tyler Higby. David Montgomery, man, flipping on the, the Bears side. Over the past three games, Montgomery has had 14 catches on 19 targets. And he's not um, run the ball very well, though. That's the one area that he's only averaging 2.9 yards per carry. So going up against this defense who has – they haven't even allowed a running back to score since week two. I don't expect David Montgomery to do much unless you're in a PPR league and they um, are throwing him the ball. And then Allen Robertson um, on the outside, the Bears' best offensive weapon – he, uh, he has nearly doubled the targets for the next closest Chicago receiver. So clearly he is the only guy that they're paying attention to there. He's had 477 receiving yards, which ranked 10th among, amongst wide receivers this year. And then Robinson almost always lines up on the outside. And the Rams defense has not allowed an outside receiver more than 67 yards um, all season. So hey. that's something that you're really going to want to look at there. Uh, I still say stardom. That's not going to scare you off at all. But um, it's still going to be a tough matchup all the way around for them. hundred mm, percent, man. But again, if you've been listening, that's every game out there for NFL Week Seven. Obviously, we still have a, just a bit more to make sure you stick around. But if you haven't already, make sure you go to Twitter, Instagram, Late Round Flyers. Give us a follow. Just give us a click on there. If you have any questions, you can always message us on there. We will definitely get back to you as quick as possible. But now it's time to bury someone. This is a segment that if you're not, if you're one of these great players, you definitely don't want to be on it because this man right here is in fire. He's literally about to bury people right now. I'm talking about it's time for the fantasy fish. Welcome, everybody. This is the fantasy fishing segment. You don't want to be on my bad list. Last week was a little bit of a tough one for me. It was a little bit, a little bullshit catch at the end for the Robbie Anderson. Other than that, I could have been a right. But nevertheless, we've got the man this Sunday that's going to crush your fantasy dreams. This man is one that you are not going to expect. He is one that stabs you in the back when you're not looking. This man is Gregory Keaton against the New England Patriots. We know that Bill Belichick, he always targets the best player on the other team. 
That'll be Gregory Keetle. He's not gonna do very well. He's gonna be sleeping with the fishes. Fourth best defense against tight ends is the Patriots. And if there's one thing that Belichick does, he makes the best play on that other offense, the fish. Yes, Henry, you have a question. Yeah, who the hell is Gregory Kittle? Gregory Kittle, the 49ers tight end. <laughs> who the hell George. do you think it is? <laughs> is it not George or is this like some kind of undercover name? Oh, shit. It's, <laughs> it is George Kittle. Yeah. Sorry. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh, I got to bust this a segment up. Uh, um, you, sir, oh, are I, the fish this week. You, sir, are the fish. I, <laughs> George Kittle. Yes, he's the fish. Okay. I got to. And then wife cooking the meatballs. I got to go. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. But like I said, don't forget that's our fantasy pod father. So, George Kittle, he is a no go this week. Do not start this, man. You will regret life. Go find you some plug-and-play tight ends. Listen to the rest of this segment that we just talked about earlier to find which tight end you should start. So, again, if you don't already, one last time, go to Instagram, go to Twitter, hit us up, Late Round Flyers, Henry, Lance, myself, RDA. We love fantasy football. We love helping you guys out to get some wins because we know what it's like to have to fight our friends at work during this fantasy football season. So, from us to you guys, Hopefully you guys get some great wins out there, get you some week seven W's, and uh, let's get ready for the playoffs that are not too far from here, all right? So everybody out there, have a great week, get some wins. From Late Round Fires to you guys, have a good one. Peace. Happy pizza pie. (laughs) 